people. Welcome to Chronicles Abroad. It's a podcast show that uses travel to highlight stories of personal growth. So each week we'll spotlight the stories of courageous world travelers, creative wanderers, and digital nomads who share their incredible experiences of the world through their eyes. If you like traveling, this is what you need. Hey everybody, what's going on? This is Nubia. And I'm Francis. And we have a wonderful episode for you today. We have this brother with us. His name is Jerome Moore and he is with us from China. Say what's up, Jerome. What's going on, everybody? I appreciate you all for having me, Nubia and Francis. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for being on. We appreciate you being on the show. For sure. So Jerome is putting together a film called Black Americans Making Their Mark stories abroad and i just think that's awesome it's a beautiful thing i love it so jerome give us a little background on you and then how you got into making a film well i'm originally born and raised in nashville tennessee my whole life (laughs) and so i always knew personally like i wanted to help people you know i just wanted to do something to just help people in the community i did a lot of volunteering i did a lot of grassroots things or whatnot and it kind of started as far as on a business and me and my dad started a barber college right my dad i grew up around barbering my dad is a master barber you know you know how it is especially in the black community barbering how they go it's just, it's just part of our roots and whatnot and after i finished college at ntsu i majored in economics my dad was like i really want to start a barber school and i was like yeah let's do it then you know independent you know scrapped up our little coins or whatnot did a business plan and all those things and so we started the school and so for the slogan for the school it was changing the community one barber college at a time and so because i looked at it as a way to help not just people in general but especially black people because that's what the field of barbering is primarily made up of and most of them have some type of criminal record and get into barbering because they can't find employment in the corporate world right i've seen that as a way to you know give people a chance to be entrepreneurs and you know provide a way for them and their families to be able to eat pay rent buy groceries etc etc and so while i was in the midst of doing that it was always a passion like hey i i personally wasn't even in the barbering you know and i grew up around it but i ended up getting my master's my, you know my license in barbering just because i have a school might as well uh <laughs> cut some hair and, and get the trade <laughs> but like during the midst of everything right i was like heavy in the community volunteering for a non-profit doing consulting just i was i'm real just big on like supporting my city and, and every and anybody in it and You're so like yeah yeah exactly and so something just kind of sparked in my mind like man i just want to go abroad I just wanted to take my helping aspirations to another level and kind of see how they're doing it on the international platform. And so I went to Google and I was like, I'm broke. And so I don't know how I'm going to get there, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm going to find a way because nobody in my family and or in my immediate community did anything abroad that I knew of outside of like being involved with the military, right? And that's kind of what we think about traveling, going overseas. You can go to the military. That's a way to travel, you know, without paying money, but you know, you can ultimately play you paying with your life. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say something right, a lot right, more right, valuable. Right, exactly. Right. And shout out to our veterans. And so I, I was just Googling, trying to find ways, you know, they have the paid things. You can pay a thousand, two thousand dollars, get experience for two weeks. And I really want to immerse myself. And I wanted to hopefully learn the second language. And so there came Peace Corps. Found out about it put in the application. 
I was like, oh, I can do this. I had all the credentials or whatnot, and it was free, <laughs> right? It's the most important part. I got selected. I got nominated for my site in Paraguay, South America, which, right, is, I think, the only inland country in South America, and it's right below Brazil. A very small country, but a beautiful hidden gem, I believe. And so once I had the Peace Corps experience, it was a wrap for me, and I seen and learned so many things from my Peace Corps peers, and it just blew my mind because coming from the middle, low economic area that I was was raised in with nobody exposed to this there was no type of representation of this in my immediate family or in my immediate community so we just didn't know for example i've met people who actually backpack europe i was like i always thought like man i heard of that seen that in movies <laughs> yeah. uh, but i figured that you had to be like rich <laughs> you just had to backpack a country like it just didn't you know how i processed that in my mind at a younger age i'm like you had to have a lot of money then i realized no like they have hostels they have subways once you get there it's really not that difficult to move around a, yeah, a but it took like you Europe. to have to be there in order to see it, in order to know, because the things right. that we see in the states is not what how it is once you're right. boots on ground. No, not at all. Right, and then especially if you don't have nobody close to you that's even experienced it, they tell you to inform you about it. You definitely like, like they don't even think about it, right? And so once I, I found out and learned those things, I was like, definitely see myself living abroad and kind of doing this life, figuring out a way to do it full time and helping people and bring it back home and just sharing my experience and trying to inspire others to do the same. Nice. Um, and so fast forward, lived in Paraguay, then went back home, did more humanitarian work, working with nonprofits and whatnot, then moved to Costa Rica and worked for NGO there and uh, was a project manager of educational and uh, community uh, development. So you've had yeah. some good experience. So it's not like you, it just fell in your lap. This is something that you were passionate about. You right. started off in your community in the inner city and I've never been to Nashville, but I hear the food in Nashville is the bomb. And I'm a culinary tourist. And so uh, yeah, I might yeah. have to make my way just to eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, yeah, you know, it's the South. So, you know, we got the hot chicken. You know, we the hot chicken capital, Music City, USA. So, yeah, is that so, right? I've only driven yeah. through Nashville to go to Indiana, but I should have stopped. Okay. Yeah, I hear the food and the music is great in Nashville. So yeah. big ups to Nashville, Tennessee. So you started off in the community. You went to Peace Corps in Paraguay, which a lot of us haven't been to and I'm glad you said it's a hidden gem because when I get to South America I definitely want to hit it up. So let's talk a little bit about your time in Peace Corps. So you're the what third person or so that has been in Peace Corps on the podcast. What did you learn about yourself while you were in Peace Corps specifically being abroad? I learned that huh, whatever you do so I was in a nine city that I lived in it was like 9,000 people. It was really small uh-huh. you know very small and so I realized a little goes a long way in a small place like that. And no matter if it's a community cleanup, no matter if it's some type of exercise group, that plays a big part in changing the community and getting people together. So when I realized like, wow, as an individual, you don't have to wait for anybody to help you help your community. And I realized that and once I seen that and the impact that it had, just me being there and how it just motivated people to just want to change it and keep things going and create sustainable things, right? So once I left, they could still do it themselves without me being there. So uh, that fueled your def- fire. Exactly, exactly. And I just learned, you know, language barriers, learning like how to 
fight through that and I feel I'm a real charismatic person you know usually I socialize with anybody in the room but even fighting through that being able to want to talk to people and everybody want to talk to you but you literally don't have the words to speak <laughs> you run through that and just learning how to be patient with yourself and you know appreciate the others being patient with you and you trying to create and build things and you just have to figure it out and so it definitely allowed me to be very adaptable and filter through a lot of things with individuals and kind of just have another sense for just like how I view people, how I view changing things, how I go, the way I go about of doing it as well. So it definitely contributed to a lot of growth. It's me just as a person, as a man and who I am today and just, yeah. you know, treating everybody right. Gotcha. Now I totally understand that because living in Japan, the language barrier was real. Okay. <laughs> Japan is not a, everything was in Japanese and I just Ooh. had to make it work. Even the, my coworker, she barely spoke English, but we made it work and right. That's just the way you do it. So how did you end up in China? Because that's where you are currently. Oh, uh, so, yes, after Costa Rica, I always wanted to go to Asia. And China, because of the history, right? You know, China just, they have this long history, the food, China just different. And so I have an LLC, our Entrepreneur Organizing International. And so, and that's just a single part of the LLC. And what I do is just consult with nonprofits, do my own entrepreneurial thing, helping the community. And so it was an organization that I'm with now, New Direction. I reached out to them because they needed a, a new startup educational professional here at the new campus in Xiamen, China. And so I was like, well, you know, this is what I bring to the table. This is what I do. I definitely like to work with you all and help you start off this new campus here. And so uh, they worked out. It was like excellent. And I didn't have to know Chinese, which is very important, right? <laughs> didn't know how to know Chinese. That's what brought me here. So currently I'm in China doing humanitarian work, educational community development, working with local businesses, developing youth programs, doing community and family engagement. It's different. Helping people in China is done very differently. Yeah, yes. I haven't seen or any nonprofits. If anything, nonprofit or NGO is going to be done governmentally. They're going to push the initiative. Uh, I haven't seen anything independent. Because, you know, that's the first thing I look for. Like, oh, what can I get involved with in the community, you know, to try to really immerse myself even more and find out what's going on on the ground. And so, yeah, it's just totally different when it comes to that aspect of things. So how are you transitioning and yeah. acclimating to China, considering you are a young black male, right. darker complexion with locks? Right. right. Well, they... they in a homogenous place. Right. So it's definitely like they don't think I'm from America, right? They're associate blackness with Africa, the continent of Africa. I and mean, that's been my experience in all the countries that I've lived in so far. Just black in America just don't, it just doesn't hit them first. Because that's, that's, that's not, not what they first. see in, the, in their media, they don't see that. Right, right, exactly. Even in Paraguay, right, they thought I was Afro-Brazilian because outside of um, the continent of, I think, Nigeria, now Brazil has the highest population of Africans, you know, in Latinos, one place. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's what, they, or Cuban or something like that, even Colombia. And so, you know, when they find out you're American, then that kind of blows their mind. But also yeah. just the connection. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> They're like, wait, They're you like, guys wait. live in America? Right. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that has a lot to do, too, with the, the international relations between China and Africa, right, and a lot of the African countries. So most of the people, most of the black people here are from the continent. And so it, it makes sense why they believe every dark person, every black person they see is from Africa. Yeah. I second that because in Japan, there are a lot of Africans. They would always think I was African. No, that's Southeast Asia, too. I mean, yeah. and just in general, you can go to many countries in Southeast Asia and majority of the blacks that you see are either African or French, actually. I've seen a lot of European blacks abroad in Asia more than I have seen African-American. Right. 
know, we're more than just travel. We provide tips, resources, and hacks for the curious traveler in you. So whether you're a lover of travel or just someone who is ready for a change, we have something for everyone. Right. As a black American traveler, I don't know if this is, you know, you all get the same kind of um, perspective, but it seems like black people from the continent of Africa, like they travel more, right? Or like, it feels like that. I don't know what the numbers say, but it feels like that. Though. It definitely feels like that. The majority of people that I've met outside of America abroad have been from the continent of Africa. It's a small portion though. It's not a huge portion if you think about it. It's relative because when you talk to people who live in Africa, a lot of them can't afford to get off the continent. It's Uh, not cheap. And then so you might have one in each family that have the opportunity to be educated outside of the country and get up and get a job somewhere else. Now a lot of Africans migrated over to let's say like the Middle East. So there's a lot of them working in UAE there's a lot right. of Africans working in a lot of different countries within African, Asia, Asian countries. But, you know, once you get into like Europe and stuff like that, a lot of them, I mean, Europe, I would say London has a huge population of West Indian. I'm not sure okay. it's African, but they're definitely Caribbean. Okay. Yeah. yeah it just, but it feels like it. I, like, I don't know the numbers, but it definitely yeah. feels like it. <laughs> just on the surface. I get it. And I get so, it. Um, so they're definitely curious. You know, they look at you in a curious way. Kids, you know, they like, they point, they don't see you, especially like even in their own outlets because China is just so closed in and it's just now becoming more open, right? You know, they haven't seen anything that looked like you. So they like, what? Hold on, what's, what's going on? It's like the typical thing, especially with the kids, they might want to touch your hair. You People want to just take pictures with you and things like that. So you got to just be open-minded, you know, and that's what all the listeners, right? If you haven't traveled abroad to other, maybe well, countries that are not majority or black or not black at all, right? You know, you got to be open-minded. They don't know the history. They don't know a lot of things. And so I don't say it personal because I understand they just literally don't know. They're like kids. They're like babies. Like, that's how I have to look at it. Like, like babies a lot of times yeah. <laughs> because they well, just, just don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of Chinese tourists here in Thailand. So, I mean, they travel a lot. So <laughs> if anyone travels, <laughs> the globe a lot it's the chinese culture they can travel mm-hmm. like no one's business <laughs> so jerome let's have a conversation about your film and yeah how yeah. that got started okay so while here in china you know i've just been just thinking about projects something i can do i'm always thinking like what do i have coming down the pipe because i'm just trying to figure it out i'm just trying to piece it all together because my dream is to travel the world highlight people of all demographics all ethnicities all color shapes and forms that are doing humanitarian projects and helping people and highlight it in a cool way that's what i want to do like it's my dream influence others to be personal community or entrepreneurial community changes that's my goal that's all i want to do and then i can whatever happens to me next i'm fine with that and so this series that i'm putting together is like my first step of making that happen i thought about just my upbringing about the lack of representation that i didn't have the void of it and the void that we still have of it today of seeing black americans that are doing things abroad highlighted or showcased on our mainstream media Right. There's this void of it. Right. I didn't see it growing up. I don't see it on our mainstream cable networks now. So I was like, I want to inform other black Americans specifically that there are great people having great careers and lifestyles outside of America. And you can have, if not a better, but a similar lifestyle 
and my whole thing about it was, you know, I just want to inspire and encourage kind of what you all are doing. People just to travel and look outside of it. Well, the opportunities, they're there, but if you don't know about it, like I didn't know about it, you don't think to look for it unless you get a spark, right? Unless you just get something that hits you and self-drives you to do it. And so that's how I want to put this series together and yeah. highlight it, okay, and have us represent it in the right, proper way so kids can see it. Like you all, you're trying to reach older adults, 30 and plus, to get out and travel and go abroad and things more. And so that's the whole concept with this series. And it creates for me personally an academia dialogue about representation and how it affects the way you may see yourself or how others may see you. Because we know kind of the things that like black people don't do, right? Black people don't skateboard. Black people don't hike. Like certain things that you hear in the community, right? So I even want to break those stigmas because it might be a young person out there that want to go abroad. But they don't see anybody in their community. They don't see anything on their mainstream outlets that they watch. So that might discourage them from wanting to do it because they don't identify that as being black. And I know yeah. as a youth, there's many things that I said, well, that's I ain't doing that because I'm, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm black. That's not what we do. That's just because of my environment. And I didn't have anything else to tell me otherwise. That's kind of what inspired me from a personal perspective and kind of how I want to change the narrative going forward for the future now is this a youtube series yeah it'll be a facebook and youtube series okay and uh-huh. how many parts so it's going to be uh three seasons five episodes per season and so the first season will drop in november 2018 don't have a specific date just yet in november but as time comes closer i know <laughs> gotcha No, I think that's great, though, because the one thing I can say is now, and we talked a little bit about this on a different episode, it's like we're breaking barriers right now. You get what I mean? This generation today, we're visible. We're being heard. We are traveling more, doing a lot more, not just being people of color, but even women or black men. And just as individuals, we're taking the time out to do something different. And positive, not do something different and it not, you know, be good for our family or community. But we're doing something totally different than anybody has ever done before. And the crazy thing about it is you will always have people that are like, what do you mean you're moving to China? Oh, my God. Like, oh, they don't like black people out there. They never step foot. You get what I mean? So we go against all odds, we break down the barriers, and we set foot into a country and we're like, hey, look, we're good, we're fine, we're happy. You know what I mean? You see a whole different mindset, a whole different culture. So you now have lived on three different countries. Actually, what, two continents? Like, what's in store next? Do you plan on staying in China for a long period of time, or do you already have another destination on the mind? Right. You said something that you have to articulate from my perspective that's very important as far as like family members and how they may feel or people in general may feel about anything that you do, especially abroad. I know me personally, I've had to cut people off. <laughs> like seriously, yeah. because people may not understand why you're doing what you're doing, which is okay. But that don't mean because they don't understand what you're doing or what your plan is abroad. That don't mean they can't support you. And I just think it's important for listeners to know that it's a difference. And as long as you understand and know what you're doing abroad, if you support you, that's fine. It ain't for everybody to understand. But if they don't support you because they don't understand and understand your rationale going abroad and feel like, oh, everything can be done here in America, you don't need to go, that can be toxic energy. Yeah, You don't need that. So I just wanted to touch on that because 
you will be cut off quick. <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah, when yeah. you're yeah, right. when you're trying to expand, right. expand your right. experiences, expand your consciousness, you're gonna get that pushback right. from folks who aren't ready for that type right. of expansion. Yeah, but there's a difference of, like, I think what you're trying to say is there's a difference of having concern and being ignorant. You know, ignorance rears its ugly head when people are not knowledgeable of what's going on. And instead of taking time out to ask questions, they just go and they assume. And they go and they base their quote unquote information off of what they've seen on TV or from a movie, which is really crazy to me, right? So. It's like, yeah. what? It's like, huh? It's somebody's perspective. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. 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 Yeah, it's, so, you know, yeah. An, another interesting thing that we find is that sometimes people hit us up and they're like, I can't go to this country because I heard they're racist. Just like when you said people think, you know, China does not like black people. Right. But the thing is, it's like, if you're an American or black American living in America, I mean, you yeah, know what the racism is like, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ain't gonna get no worse than that. <laughs> right. You ain't gonna get no worse. You'll be fine abroad. Yeah, there's no blatant racism. I think it's, like you said, right. it's curiosity. Yeah. yeah. Maybe a little colorism. Maybe a, it's a little colorism, but yeah. it's not coming from America. It's, you can't even feel it. It's like, you know, a lot of, now, I would say a lot of our uh, African brothers and sisters from the continent, now, they get a more of a wake-up call because they now feel, they now realize that they are black because they don't have to use their terminology on the continent because they come from all black countries, right? And they identify either by nationality once they leave their country and go to another the country in Africa or by their tribe inside their home country. And so once they leave their black mecca, <laughs> they say, oh, oh man, oh, I'm black. And like, yeah, welcome to the party. <laughs> oh no, you'd be surprised though, because I don't know if you've ever been on the continent, but there is a lot of racism within yeah. African yeah. culture. Yeah. And it's sad to say the color lines are a lot of places. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So I can't say that it doesn't exist because it really does. And there is a such thing as being quote unquote black which means you are inferior and then being colored, which means you are mixed with European blood. So you have a more superiority because you are mixed race. So you have the quote unquote nicer hair, the better skin tone, all of that. So that does exist within Africa. Yeah. Wow. And I, and I know they have like the whitening stuff. You know, I hear about like the little whitening soap stuff that they, they do. They have that here in China. <laughs> oh, China is the largest yeah. manufacturer of whitening products. Yeah, in the world. (laughs) Because if you really look at the history, and I think that's one thing that attracted me to China for the most part. I really don't have too much of a desire to go and visit. I'm not going to lie. But I've always been attracted to their traditional history. It's the culture, yeah. The culture is fascinating, actually. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And if you look at depictions of certain Chinese scriptures or whatever, the women had porcelain skin. So to them, that is beauty. Yeah. So when they see someone as dark as us, it's like, where did you come from? Because it's such a homogenous (laughs) country and it's huge. It's freaking huge, okay? And- there's so many provinces within China that has never seen a black person in person right. ever. Right. right. Or maybe not even on their TV screen. Yeah. That's why we say yeah. when you're traveling yeah. abroad, just take it with a grain of salt and right. don't get offended right. by it. You know, just take your time and understand 
like you said, they've never seen it. Right. And it's that moment where you can have a conversation and, you know, have that educational conversation. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so with your film, your series, what kind of stories will we be hearing from the people that you've interviewed or what kind of like, tell us a little bit about these stories abroad. And so we're going to be getting uh, black Americans that are living in Ukraine, Denmark, Tanzania, Ghana, Australia, Canada, here in China, Japan. So you get stories, you know, from everywhere. And these are black Americans that are in film, that are in the humanitarian work, are the entrepreneurial, that are working in multinational corporations, actors, models. So a little bit of everyone. Yeah, so a little bit of everyone. Zanzibar, Tanzania. Ghana, China, Japan, South Korea, South Sudan. <laughs> so it's going to be I love it. a lot of gumbo, a really, you know, potluck gumbo type of thing, a, a mix of perspectives. And each participant is going to be answering three questions. The first question is, what initially inspired you to look for opportunities abroad? Was it like a family member? Was it, you know, some type of personal interest or childhood member? What, like, what was it? You know, what sparked it? The second question is, what made you want to continue your lifestyle abroad and not permanently return to America? And the third question will be, what role did race play into leaving America, if any, and the success you have had abroad. And three participants will be answering those three questions. And the cinematography is going to be great. It's going to be probably between like seven to ten minutes per episode. So not too short, not too long. It's going to it's gonna get straight to the point. It's going to highlight beautiful people and their stories and different perspectives. It's really going to give people an insight of just, you know, everybody's different opinion on their experiences abroad. So I'm not trying to create a certain storyline or cook up some type of, like, my own perspective. I want people to get a little dose of everything from everybody just with different mindsets and doing things abroad. And, you know, let them kind of, you know, see how they feel about it and just be informed at the end of the day day and just to look into it themselves what the stories about is going to be about well, those are some powerful questions and it's gonna spark a lot of wonderful conversations and yeah, kudos that's, that's, to you for putting this together because it's so needed in regards to representation and the more of us that do stuff like this the more it inspires people who look like us to do the same right exactly that's the whole point francis for me is just want to inspire inspire and encourage people because it's because if you just don't see it and if you don't see it from people that look like you, you just that goes a long way. It does. <laughs> just it really does. Way. So many of us think we can be celebrities, entertainers, football players, basketball players, all these things because we just see us being excellent in it. So well, we just excellent in it. We see it. And so we you know, we want to attain it, like, oh, he can do it or she can do it, I can do it. So it's one of them things that I know for me, about eighty percent, we maybe a little bit more other participants or the people that have shown interest have been black women. Black women that dominate, right? <laughs> even in the Peace Corps. Now he right? Yeah, even in the Peace Corps, right? The majority of black participants are black women. And so for me, just being a black man is just also wanting to get more black men involved. And I know we out there, but just getting more faces involved and inspire other, you know, young black, black males that's out there to take that leap, look into it. You know, it, it won't hurt none. You know, get that culture experience, immerse yourself. Because our beautiful black queens out here doing it. They out here, they living their best life. And that, yes. you, know, you know, black girl magic, you know, <laughs> so we, we need to be taking a note from y'all pages and out there and, uh, and really get into it as well. So. It just for me, just a lot of personal attachment to it, but it's also I know it's definitely needed for the community and for the world to see. 
and representation affects all of us you know hopefully you know i don't care what you identify with or anything like that hopefully you can look at this series and say you know like i feel like i may be underrepresented in this or that and so do something about it put something together you know and, and for people to see it and just try So it's time to dive deep and look into the holistic perspective of travel. We believe traveling is an investment in you. So our mission is to inspire you to book that flight, check that item off your bucket list and go on that adventure. And our hope is to ignite connections all over the world. What is something that you have learned from your participants? What are some things that they've said? The theme that you hear? That's an amazing question. <laughs> oh, wow. Everybody seems happier abroad. <laughs> I will say that. Everybody Do they? Seems, yeah, everybody seems happier abroad. But also, I've got some things that saying, hey, you know, like race didn't play a part from a perspective like, hey, I never let anyone, you know, run me out any country or any, like I'm going to be great I'm going to find a way you know I came here on my own and definitely expect to come back and be great there too then I've heard the other like hey you know yeah definitely play the part definitely feel more at ease being out of that type of environment and the atmosphere that's going on even now when it comes to being black in America it's amazing everybody has different perspectives and it is affecting them as people you know just their experiences everybody has different starting points some people was inspired by their mothers and because or a family member who didn't get the experience a broad experience and so you know they kind of wanted them to be able to do it and it took them into a permanent broad life some of them did peace corps so it was inspired by a neighbor and so some of them was inspired by a video game just knowing certain things like games are made overseas like japan and stuff like that is real big and as a youth they say i want to go to japan i want to see what their life is about so those three questions really paint these different pictures and give different people have different inspirations and had this different starting point what brought them to their broad life that they have now yeah it's, and it's been good to get to know each kind of participant on an intimate level like talking on the phone with them and things like that because i really wanted people to know the place that i was coming from and why i want to do this yeah. and kind of my personal background and experience so they knew it was a genuine thing and that i want them to just be a gene as well because it's not like an interview type of thing you know they're telling their story and I'm just kind of putting it together and for the world to see and doing a lot of editing. <laughs> but you know what? You're making, you're showing, you're getting us visible, which is a beautiful thing. And one thing I can say is when you, <laughs> I'm going to go back to the comment where everybody seems happy. It's easy to be a big fish in a small pond Absolutely. when you are abroad. So if you are really about making change, or creating something or being someone other than just an employee, it's easier to do abroad because you are the minority in a way. So to make an impact, you become this big fish in a small pond. Mm -hmm. And you'll be surprised by the support that you get. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's incredible. (laughs) It's incredible. And that's why, you know, um, by my next project is definitely after once I do write by the series and do everything I want to have a bigger production of not only this series but other projects and the one being that I go around the world in different countries and highlight individuals who are taking it upon themselves to change communities and we need to see that and do it in a cool awesome creative way go ahead because, with your best so yeah, get it Jerome <laughs> 
Don't nobody take this idea now. Come on, you're listening. This is love. Stop right here. Jerome trademark, guys. <laughs> trademark, trademark. You know, but, nah, but uh, I just want to influence people to change. I want to be the biggest influencer on earth. Like, that's my goal. Right? That's my dream. That's what I want to do and inspire people to just, no matter where you are, you can make a difference. If you in, you know, Tennessee, if you in Canada, if you in Thailand, if you in Atlanta, California, wherever you are, if you want to create change, you don't have to wait for anybody to do it. And there's people out there that are not waiting and putting their words into action and are motivational doers. People need to see that. People need to be inspired by that. It's a lot of different production shows out there on TV that are really just nonsense, right? <laughs> it's just really, just really nonsense, right? Just clickbait and just nonsense. But people can be entertained in the same way with these projects that other people are doing around the world that are creating change and changing lives. And, you know, they're not getting inspired by the money. They're inspired because they want to make the world a better place. And so I want to highlight that. That's what I want to do. Thank you. I think that's dope. That's dope, right, Francis? I think when you have a big vision, you don't ever have to question getting up in the morning. Right, exactly. I have unquestionable faith in myself. (laughs) Love it. As you should. Yeah, As yeah. you should. Yeah. You got to believe in it. You know, there's a lot of people out there, you know, they might be ghost followers, but, you know, they, everybody don't want you to succeed. You know, you know, they want you to, you know, have a few stumbles here. Some of them don't even believe that you can make it happen. And that's why even me, I'm very conscious about who I even share my ideas and what I want to do, because, you know, everybody don't have the right energy to be able to hear what I'm trying to do. You know, they may take it in the yeah, or take it in the wrong way. But with that, I play the double edged sword, right? Because I'm all about (laughs) I'm all about community and collectiveness, right? So I feel like if you keep ideas to yourself, I feel like we're so much stronger as a unit than we are as individuals. So You know, I think that just got to tap into your intuition and no, not everybody's going to be genuine and right. it's going to happen <laughs> and you just got to be okay. hold accountable and it's okay. Move right. forward. It's a not risk out here for everybody. You know, right. it's, it's exactly. kind of like one of those things where, like you, you mentioned about the idea, there's always going to be somebody that's going to do the same thing. It's just about you right. doing it in your own way. Different. Yeah. Right. So right. we're out here recreating. You're telling your story through film on YouTube. We're doing the right. same exact thing that you're doing. Just through right. media, you know, through the, the, right. the radio. Podcast. So it's just a, a little bit different. Right. But we are all creators. We, uh-huh. you, you, me, Francis, we have created a platform to tell people stories. Yeah. That's exactly right. what it is. And within those stories, we do influence and we do empower others to make better decisions or more informed decisions based on those stories that they're hearing. So yeah, you're always going to be replicated, honey, and you will always replicate. Just put it like that. Yeah. <laughs> true, true. And that's okay. True. And that's okay. Just trying to get like y'all, you know, I'm trying to get on y'all's level, you know. You are silly. You are yeah. silly. But With Jerome, vision that big. Seriously, yeah. where can our listeners find you and find out more about Black Americans making their mark stories abroad okay so you can find us on facebook primarily it's the kind of the primary platform right now and just search black americans making their mark stories abroad uh, we'll pop right up you can find us on instagram black americans making their mark stories abroad you can find me personally i everything that i post up on my personal page has something to do with the series and you can find me on um, Facebook and just at Jerome Moore. Uh, Instagram, Jerome L. Moore. Just type it in. Google, Google it. Google me, baby. Um, Google me, baby. 
Just Google yeah. me, baby. Just Google me, baby. And uh, <laughs> it'll pop right up. Same thing for YouTube. You know, the YouTube channel is just Black Americans making their mark stories abroad. Um, so we should pop right up. And so um, the series coming out November 2018, dropping on Facebook and YouTube. Hope everybody tunes in, support. Well, Jerome, thank you so much for being on the show. We're super excited about what you're creating. We can't wait to see it. We can't wait to share it. Can't wait so to definitely. be a part of it, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah. I really thank you. Like, you know, keep doing you all things. Motivate me to keep doing what I'm doing. And definitely, I'm sure, motivating your followers and other people. So, thank you. We appreciate, we appreciate that, that, for that, sure. Thank we you. will receive it. We receive it all, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Chronicles Abroad. Please support us by sharing this podcast through your social media platforms. Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram and hit that like button at Chronicles underscore abroad. Find us online at our website, chroniclesabroad.com, for tips, resources, and ways we can collaborate. So don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Until then, beautiful people, thanks for listening. Music by Stephanie James and Almighty K-Rock, produced by Adam Marcus.